Uh, so this this basically this episode of JudgeCast is what happens when we're not recording JudgeCast. Right. <laughs> before and so, after every episode of JudgeCast. So so should we should we actually should we actually start the like I'm fine with this yeah, being part fine. of the episode, and then we just. And we just have a welcome, welcome to episode. I don't have a clue. Uh, um, it's like, uh, 19, hello, the judge cast. Are we gonna are we gonna talk shirts, or or do you want to talk about shirts in the before podcast type shirt tone? The before podcast <laughs> type shirt tone. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. The before talk about the shirts in the before before pod. What before tone do your shirts have, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think all of this is the episode. I think asking this is the episode. I think all of this is the episode. We should probably address shirts. Yeah. All right. So, so for for the for the listeners at home, uh, this is episode. I'm looking it up right now. This is episode two hundred and twenty. Is it? Is it that high already? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 220. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman. I'm joined this evening by Jess Dunks. Hello. And Broken King. Hello. Hello. And in case you haven't figured out, um, <laughs> this is, um, I don't know, did you guys ever watch Seinfeld? A yeah. very small amount of Seinfeld. I'm, okay. I'm familiar with, with Seinfeld as a cultural concept as well. <laughs> All right. Jess, are you... I've seen enough well, of it. Today. I'm not like an avid fan, but I know the sure. concept very well. Yeah, it it was hyped as a show about nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and that's what this episode of JudgeCast is. <laughs> it is, um, it is an episode. If you occasionally we like to do this, uh, we've done we've done a few episodes like this in the past. We're really we're kind of unscripted this episode. This is going to be JudgeCast unplugged. Uh, judge cast behind the podcast. Uh, ju- judge cast. All you ever really wanted to know, but were afraid to ask. You know any of those type of things? Uh, we're just going to kind of be riffing on things that may or may not be may or may not be judge related, magic related, or uh, occasionally may violate the laws of God and man. So, dude, that's that's way more hype than I think we deserve, Brian. Oh, really? Really? Okay, how about just kind of, like, make the laws of man go, hmm, and that's about it. Okay, I'll take okay, it. Okay, there you go. Like, like going five miles over the speed limit in a school, di- in a school zone. Rude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rude. All right. So, okay, so, so we haven't. So keeping keeping this loose, we have we haven't talked about shirts. Like as a group, we haven't really talked about uh, uh, shirts. And the reason why shirts is something to talk about is because earlier was it this week? Um, the PCs put out uh, a revised judge uniform policy, and then another article on what's happening with judge shirts. Um, the short story is for Judge Shirts, those nice black button-up shirts that we all know and love and have loved for the last eight to nine years, are no longer going to be produced um, for Magic Fests or GPs or whatever you want to call them. But that doesn't mean they are immediately irrelevant. Right. So they're not being made anymore. That means if you, a new judge, want to go to a get accepted for a Magic Fest, go to said Magic Fest 
Um, and you are hoping for a nice black button down shirt, uh, with the, you know, Planeswalker logo on the back, Magic Judge on the, on the chest. Uh, you're not going to find one. Yep. So what's, uh, so what's, what's it being replaced with? It is still a mystery. It's unknown. It might be a polo. It might cost ten to fifteen dollars. We don't know. But it will be available for people working magic vests from CFBE. So we have been told it, it's. We have been told it will be short sleeved. We have been told it will be polo style. Uh, will it have a pocket? Uh, we have. TBD. Nice. Okay. So this is this is when we talk about sh- these shirts, it's going to be a lot of, you know, well, what's the answer to this question? We don't know. What's the answer to this other question? We don't know. And the reason the reason is re- realistically is is there's some details that haven't been hammered down yet. You know, like like if it's 90% likely to have a pocket, but since the, you know, you know, contracts or whatever haven't been signed, that might change. So if we announce it's going to have a pocket and then it doesn't, people are going to be like, "Oh, I was told that there was going to be a pocket." Right. You you can't you can't hedge. You can't say, right. "Well, I guess you right. you have to you you have to just give the most information you can that's guaranteed while not giving out any information that isn't one hundred percent." Right. And and what what it boils down what it boils down to is is this information is going to be relevant very very quickly. And so the information, what we had needed to get out, um, it, it's not like, it's like, it's not like, oh, we're making an announcement to hype another announcement in a, in a month. That's no, <laughs> we very much want to put up all the information that we, that we can. Um, now, so, uh, uh, Wizards of the Coast is no longer going to be providing, uh, uh shirts for judges. CFB is going to, Start providing shirts in the air quotes nearish future. Uh, just for Grand Prix, um, though, like just for Magic Fest, rather. It's yeah, not just not just for, for the Magic Pro Fest. Tour. That's still coming from Wizards right. of the Coast. Right now, here's here's the thing that's kind of generated a lot of you know the the question of well, what do I do in between then? Um, this is this is where things get uh, the, these new shirts that CFB is going to produce. Judges aren't required to wear them. If you want to continue to wear your black, uh, your black shirt, uh, that you, the button up that you already have, cool. If you don't have a black button up and you don't want to pay for these new shirts, uh, because that is going to be, as just said, the cost is predicted to be in the 10 to $15 range. If you don't want to buy one of those or don't think you should have to buy one of those, you can wear a, you know, a solid color polo shirt of the same color or a black button up that resembles uh, the black judge shirt if you don't have one of those. So it's sort of like for right now, it sounds like there's going to be a bit of a hodgepodge. Yeah, we're uh, not really sure. Like they could change that information. They could like they're going to be they're going to be clarifications moving forward. Like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. The 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 distinct the distinct things in the article that we that the PCs put out uh regarding the shirt stoppage there are six bullet points up front and those are those are kind of the the concrete things. Those are true facts. <laughs> Snapple facts? Yes, they are Snapple facts. Snapple facts. No, 
Right. And if you if you go back, I'm pretty sure that these six points are uh, like predicted in the texts from Nostradamus. Um, <laughs> they're in they're, the ancient texts. The, right. The nice and accurate pro- the, pro- uh, prophecies right. of the, Agnes Nutterwich. Yes, the parts of the Dead Sea Scroll that have not yet been interpreted reference these uh, these six points, um, which is the shirts will be short sleeve polo style. Shirts will include the magic logo. Shirts will not include the CFBE logo. Uh, judges will need to purchase these shirts for their own use. Uh, judges are not required to wear these shirts for Magic Fest, and wizards will continue dealing with Pro Tour shirts. And the- A lot of room. A lot of room for other stuff in there. The 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 hard truth of it is, they we the judges are contracted employees, and in most circumstances where someone is a contracted employee, they do have to provide their own uniform to wear to work, and that is reasonably standard practice. Um, at least in the U.S. At least in the U.S. Yeah, I, I've seen I've because I've been reading a lot of comments on this, and there are other countries that. You know, or no, they expect they, you know, they expect uh, uh, a uniform provided uniforms to be provided. And and realistically, you know, we've, we've said for a long time this. I hate to say that this kind of makes sense. Um, but, you know, we've, we've said for a long time, you know, when, when judges ask, well, why can't I have a magic judge shirt? And we say, well, you know, if the TO wants you to wear a shirt, the TO provides it. And now we've kind of moved into the realm where CFBE is the TO, so it makes sense for wizards to say, you know what, we, you, you're the TO, right? You provide it. Um, so it it, it kind of in a, in a in a begrudging, reluctant way, I look at that and say, like, yeah, I can see where like you know people in charge of dollars would look at that and say that's an unnecessary expense. Yeah. Um. Uh, because it's actually it's actually CFBE's responsibility, um, and CFBE's has has uh, come up with a with a policy uh, that looks like, hey, we're going to make shirts. You can buy them and wear them. If you don't, hey, that's okay. Well, here so are we some alternatives. Know, like I'm going to be the naysayer here and say we don't actually know what sure. their policy is going to look like when these shirts come out. Like the stuff you're saying sounds good. But until they actually have shirts in hand, they don't know what their policy is going to be. They might have an idea of what their policy is going to be. But to say, oh, this is their policy and this is what we're going to do, you don't know that. So, like, it sounds good, but we just got to wait and see. I feel, I feel, I feel reason, reasonably, reasonably certain that the you don't have to wear it. Uh, I think there, there are going to be, you know, social norms. And and like social pressures to to get the shirt, especially if you do a lot of a lot of MFs, a lot of a lot of MFs. I, I am, Great. I, I am never very ever good going to get used to saying that. You got to get yourself an MF shirt, friend. You gotta be- <laughs> Jeez, I gotta pay ten dollars for this MF shirt. Uh, I uh, oh yeah, I I'll see the, the fact, problem the here. That, the idea that polos of any good quality are going to cost ten dollars is really surprising to me. So, well, I'm also interested to see how that comes out. I'm, I'm really like, I appreciate everything you're saying, Brian, but I am super skeptical of mm-hmm. all of it. So, well, I, I think the biggest yeah. thing is that they're not trying. They, I do not believe the intent behind providing the shirts is to make a profit off of selling the shirts. No. So no, if the yeah, if you if you are getting them printed like reasonably 
mass-produced and can provide them at cost to people, I don't think that price is unreasonable. Right. Je- well, right. And and you did you did mm-hmm. just you did this the thing that my uh, my stepson used to always do when when given a range like. <laughs> When I would say, hey, I want you to be home between 10 and 10.30, I would hear 10 o'clock and he would hear 10.30. Like, right. what I said was 10 to 10.30. And we did the same thing with the price. It's 10 to $15. Like, we're hearing 10 and, like, they're probably hearing 15 in in that range. Um, so, uh, so what this is going to mean, what uh, there's some people have raised concerns about uh, – what this means, like how you're actually going to identify a judge. Like if they're not actually wearing a judge shirt, if they're just wearing like a black button up shirt, how do you know if the person's an actual judge? Right. So there's been, there's been talk, uh, uh, about lanyards, like going back to having lanyards, um, that identify you as a judge. So you will have judge, you you may or may not have a judge shirt, but you will have a judge lanyard on. Uh, we definitely want you to look professional. Right. And we we actually updated and revised the, the uniform policy. So this is this is uh, the policy for the judge program as a whole. So it extends beyond just MFs. Jeez, that's <laughs> a, it's, meaning judging in general. Right, judging in general. So like your MCQs, uh, your whatever. Like, or if the TO just doesn't care what you wear. Um, and basically it's actually pretty similar to the old policy, but we kind of updated it a little bit because, because times have changed. Uh, and, um, so we make reference that, you know, you should wear black pants with a belt, um, or a skirt, bless kilt or a kilt. Um, just, just so we, just so we go into here, my, my personal opinion on uniforms is, I like uniforms to be uniform. It's kind of their purpose, but um, uh, but yeah, it's 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 black pants or black skirt or black kilt, says, and predominantly black shoes. I like I like the clarifier there because of the number of people who do not wear entirely black shoes. Okay, so this this was actually an argument. Um, my my take on it is. Judges are the kind of people that like to push boundaries and edges as far as what they can get away with in their attire. Right. So if you say black shoes, solid black shoes, you will get predominantly black shoes. Like some people wear wear black shoes and you'll have some people that wear predominantly black shoes or black with gray or black with, you know, with a red stripe or whatever. If you say predominantly black shoes, you're going to get Pokemon slippers. Okay. I can't. You telling me I can't wear my Umbreon slippers to work an event? I don't know what Umbreon slippers. are. I was just picking a p- Pokemon that is primarily okay. black. Oh, <laughs> it's an actual Pokemon. I thought it was like a brand name, like a or anything. No, no it was. Um, it's a Pokemon that's prim- primarily black. Like I was there. Are, there are these 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 slippers called Stompies, which are. Um, S S T O M P E E Z. Is this a thing that? Your daughter likes? No, this is the, this is like a you know four in the afternoon when you're homesick. The Ooh, commercial comes on. Yeah, and what it is is look it it is it is a shoe. 
It is a slipper designed to look like an animal, and what happens is it's got like arms or eyelids or something, and as you walk, the eye, the the stomping motion of your feet causes the eyes to open or the arms to flail mm. out or the mouth to open. So I'm like, mm. I was I was legit. You say predominantly black shoes, you're gonna get stompies. Um, so, <laughs> so if you you need to rein that in, uh, I lost that argument. Does happen. Um, yep. So. Uh, predominantly black shoes. Uh, your shirt should be clean. Yeah. Magic play. Yeah, we're, we're magic players. Um, and wrinkle free. Um, where can I find? Cu- I'm actually looking in the in the official resources stuff right now, and I'm I have been for the last few minutes. Uh, where is this? It is under. It's. Let's see. Do we not have a? It's in it's the under- link from. I don't know where how to get to it, but it's in the the article. There's a link to it. It should be in official resources. Let uh, me... I got levels, testing, advanced roles, fierce communication documents. Yeah. Oh, okay. Judge uniform guidelines. So, so yeah. your documents. So, okay. sure, should it be clean cool. and wrinkle-free? That's the goal. That's the objective. Uh, and that's why we say these are, these are guidelines, right? Because people are going to deviate from them. Especially if you pack and travel somewhere getting wrinkle-free. How many mm-hmm. times do you pull out an iron in that hotel room? Uh, more than it. once. Yeah. <laughs> but... I understand that that is not necessarily the norm. Right. I I would I would argue that there's not a one to one correspondence between the number of times you pulled out the iron and the number of times you've gone into a hotel room. Oh, certainly not. Yes. All right. Um. Then we got. We actually say men's men's cut shirt. So there's a, there's a there is a men's style and there's a women well, a woman's style. Um. Men's cut shirt should be tucked in. Women's cut shirts don't have to be. And that's because Just, they're different styles. They're designed different. They're, the shirts, the cut of the shirts is physically different. One is designed to not be tucked in. One is designed to be tucked in. Tuck in yep. the one that's designed to be tucked in. The the women's cut shirt also does not have a pocket and has thus led to me continuing to wear the men's cut shirts. Uh, I I will I will tell you that as as the father of a thirteen year old girl who none of her clothes have pockets, it is a source of continual frustration that women's clothes do not have pockets. That That is why if, if, if any, at any point in my life, like this, this is a joke, but it's real at any point in my life. If somebody compliments a dress that I'm wearing and it has pockets, you better like you, you bet the first word out of my mouth is thanks. It has pockets. It has pockets. Because it's it's a celebration of a practically designed, simultaneously attractive garment. Like I, um, it's, you got to celebrate uh, an it. An excessive amount of badges, pins, extra name tags, etc., are not recommended. Um, this this has actually been it wasn't written, but this has been policy for a really long time since the first first time Ravnica came out. There were these guild pins, and they did it the second time, but. Judges just went crazy <laughs> and got like, I'm Grill. So they'd get like 40 Grill pins and they'd come in like <laughs> it's TGI Friday's time. And it's like, yeah, they, they, that was, this was mostly a big deal with Return to Ravnica. Um, yeah. When, when the pins were given out in the pre release kits. So everybody had some. Uh, and then they made some like slightly or fancier versions right. too. Yeah. So you and had so, to have both. And then, so, then it went from there, people were wearing pins, the, these guild pins on the dredge uniforms, which is fine. Uh, but then other people said, oh, they're wearing pins, I'll wear pins, and wore pins that, you know, had nothing to do with magic. Uh, 
so it got out of hand real fast. Yup. So, uh, st- st- don't, or, or wear like, I'm wearing three name tags. No, no, no. <laughs> if you're, if you're, if your garment is more flare by surface area than <laughs> the original yeah. garment, yeah. There, you may want to reconsider. On, on Judge, uh, DCI, the, the list serve. So we're going way back before Judge Apps. There was actually a, <laughs> a wear one piece of flare. I mean, and yes, and it was referred to as Ooh. flare because thank you, Office Space. Yes. Um, right. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> For those of you that don't know what he's talking about, there was a movie a long time ago called Office Space in which there was a character who wasn't wearing enough flare or yes. uh, pins yes. on their Yes. On their uh, yes. restaurant uniform. I'm wearing the requisite 20 pieces of flair. Mm, do you really want to be a person, a minimum type person there? You know? Uh, uh, let's see. Vis- visible undershirts and accessories, scarves, etc. Probably hats. Uh, should be either black or a neutral color. Yep. Um, water bottles can be clipped on the belt. Yeah. Uh, however, it reminds you, hey, don't bonk players with your water bottle. Please, please don't yeah, bonk. That's a, that's a thing. Water bottles bonk. Don't. Jess, you had a thought. I have a lot of thoughts. About, well, about, I mean about this. Oh, I'm so not happy what, with the this. The water bottles yeah. can be worn clipped to the belt? Or, or No, uh, well, so the way you're phrasing everything, like, so the way that this, this phrases itself more like guidelines. This is a this is a recommendation from the judge program on how the official yes, shirt should be worn. These are, are not rules. These are not things for which you can be no. commend, you know, sent to the, the judge code of conduct committee for not doing. And I just want to be clear because the way you're presenting this makes it sound like these are the rules. This is how you have to do it. And I'm looking at this going, I'm not going to follow some of these. So, eh. like, whatever. <laughs> Don't care. I'm going to do what I've always done. The... <sighs> And that that is the the nature of the the uniform policy, which is it's convention, it's it's you know a, a social contract. But if you break it, eh, yeah, you know. Now, if the person who like if the I've never worn anything ridiculous. Don't get me wrong, but like if the person who who is hiring me comes to me with a concern about something I'm doing, I'm not going to be flipping about it. But like. I don't work for the judge program. The program doesn't get to decide how I dress at competitive events. Now, now what's what's funny, what's funny there is there's a whole nother group of people that have been why is, you know, with the, with the CFB thing, why is CFBE deciding <laughs> what the judges wear to their events? And Hmm. Because they hired them. That's I'm I, right, I totally right. fine and with that's, that. And that's and that's my opinion as as well. But it's it's just funny that you have like the, these two words like I will wear what the person who hired me tells me to wear, and the other the other group is we shouldn't be you know bow dowing to their requests for what they want us to wear. We should the heck is bow dowing? Bow dowing? Bow downing? <laughs> bow bow downing? I Bowing really down? Bow, bow down. like bow downing. Dowing. So I'm not gonna bow down to your requests. Right. It's it's <laughs> was it uh, uh, Samantha Har asked the question like what's the if what's the past tense of hostage taking <laughs> hostage taker somebody's creature hostage yeah. hostage yeah. taken is hostage it, tooken. It, but I do what I, yeah. yeah, I mean you're just making I, up I, words. 
I do want to clarify, though. You, I mean, you are a PC, so so you can answer this question. Okay, I'll um, put my PC hat on. What what are you gonna do if judges aren't following these guidelines? What's the point of these guidelines? So the point the point of the guidelines is to is is really, and this is my uh, my take on it. Um, is it's to establish some norms, um, you know, so that we can, we can point to this and say, this, these are what the re- recommendations are. When you don't know what to do, these are the recommendations. Um, I'm actually fine with if someone comes in wearing stompies, you can be like, Hey man, you really should be wearing black shoes. And if they say, you know, screw off, I like my stompies, then you as a judge, you're kind of like out of luck, you know? I can't imagine that stompies are very comfortable shoes. And you I don't know what a stompy is. It's that it's the shoe that makes the face when you stomp your feet. Um we'll include a link to it in the show notes. Um <laughs> Will we? I don't know, but it's Jess does it so he can be like, no, I'm gonna edit this part of the show out. I still don't know what it is, so no, I'm not gonna provide a link. <laughs> <laughs> um I I I am not a PC, but I can say I'm a Mac. Uh, but no, um, I can say that I appreciate the existence of at least a rough guideline for the sake of my anxiety. In the sense of like when I roll into anywhere that I'm being employed or that's even where I have to make any sort of impression on anyone, I'm just like, what what do I wear? So having having just an outline for the the like people who otherwise don't know I think is worthwhile. I think that is great and you're absolutely right. Um I my problem with it is when it can be read as rules rather than like oh you've never been to a magic fest before? Here's what judges wear at Mag- magic fest. That's one thing. But that's not what this is. This is uh, it halfway wants to be rules and then wants to not be rules because it's not actually in charge. It's it's yeah. living somewhere in between. It's living somewhere in between. And it needs to just it needs to just be honest with itself that hey, this is what judges normally wear, but we can't actually make rules. We just say we say the judge program recommends these guidelines. You know, when wearing the black shirt. You're right. It's just weird to me because it it's phrasing is the you know tells you when you can wear the judge shirt implies that if it's not one of those things you can't wear the judge shirt, and uh, you know it's I, I'm 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 not what I'm saying is it appears to be trying to be rules but then being toned down. It's as though people couldn't agree when they're writing it, and I don't actually know because it wasn't there. Uh, no, I think I think I think what it is it's it is we we know that we can't, you know, enforce rules. So all that we can do is recommendations. And that's why it's saying, it's saying like, it's saying should, it's saying should instead of must, you know, uh, that, that kind of, that kind of thing. Um, so you're not going to get, if you come in wearing stompies, no one's going to JCC you. If, what if you're wearing a magic judge shirt while you're playing, or if you are using the magic judge shirt while judging a different game? Uh, we would probably ask you to, could you, could you not? Who's ringing? Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> oh, it's probably, it's my home phone. That's you have saying. a home phone? Yeah. Uh, do you, okay, do we, you we can continue this conversation. Yeah, right, we can continue okay. this, and then I'm going to loop back around to that home phone. No, no, that's great. Okay, 
This is this this is the episode for that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, so, so, it is a real okay. like we spent like half an hour talking about this Right. Is, yeah. Yeah, it's it says it says uh do not do not wear the official judge shirt when you are playing an event you are uh uh if you are playing in the event you are also judging. Um and then never wear the official magic judge shirt while officiating a tournament for a different game. Okay. That that's just Really, those things should be com- those things should be common sense. I have a feeling that if you're wearing like a Magic Judge shirt when you're judging a Pokemon tournament, people are going to get confused. I've definitely seen Don't someone do. try to wear the Judge shirt to play in an event before. Yeah, but like I've I've also there are there are circumstances and places where it's unavoidable. Um, when I work for an organizer who's running more than one kind of event and they want me to wear the magic judge shirt because I'm running a competitive magic event for them, but I'm also answering questions for other games that they're playing. Uh, it's unavoidable. Well, if the TO, if the TOs, if the TOs allowing it, I mean, we even say like whatever the TO wants it takes precedence. So if the TOs like wear this shirt and do these things, then wear that shirt and do these things. You know, like I don't, I don't see that as a conflict. But if you're like going to a magic fest and you're like, I'm going to wear the judge black and play at the same time. It's really just like, you know what you're do- when you do that, you know what you're doing. You know, you're. you're uh, so that's that's not the, the same thing as what this says. This says in an event that you are judging. So I, I definitely think that there if are contexts if- where where people would feel that it's OK to to wear the judge shirt so that people know yeah, I could probably use a little bit that, that they're the also the judge at this FNM. Well, we've, we've actually, now this is, this could probably be where this, this line came from. So we've actually discouraged people from wearing the formal black judge shirt when for FNM, because that sets up like a formality that, that we don't want FNM to have. Like it, it kind of like wearing the formal judge uniform is kind of set uh, is set at odds with the tone that FNM wants, but you're reaching. Oh, I I really cult like philosophically disagree with that. Really? I didn't know that that was a that that was a yeah concept no. that was popular yeah. in the judge program. Yeah, that's that. I mean, it's been discouraged. And uh, regional regional shirts are completely different. Regional shirts. When has that been discouraged? I've done that for years. What worn the the formal the formal worn, yeah playing in absolutely. FNM? Absolutely. Yeah, and I've never well, not while I was playing because I don't play at FNMs while I'm judging. Yeah. Okay. But that's that has nothing to do with like that's not because of the shirt. That's a different No, it was concept. it was it was one of the things when like uh, a lot of people were were saying like, "Hey, I you know, I'm a new level 1. I want uh I want a a judge shirt. How do I get a judge shirt?" We say like, "Work a GP." Well, well, how do we know, you know, I I want to wear a judge shirt at FNMs. And it'd be like, "Well, wearing wearing the judge shirt kind of creates like having that uniform you know tends to add to the formality of the event and for um uh for your you know your 8 to 20 person FNM event we don't want the we don't want the judge the judge uniforms intimidating to some people we don't want FNMs to be intimidating we want you to be approachable we want you to be someone that that players don't hesitate to call or anything like that and the the uniform can actually do that. So, yeah, it was it was like you know don't you know you don't have to. It's it's actually not recommended. I mean you can, but we think not wearing it's better. You know your regional shirts completely different story because those are normally short sleeve polo styled. You can actually wear them to tchotchkes or wherever for dinner. <laughs> I think Jess is having a philosophical dilemma. <laughs> I'm not having a philosophical dilemma. Um, 
I think Brian and I might be talking about different things. Okay. Because he's conflating judging an FNM with playing an FNM, and I understand that 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 they're two different things. And well, uh, I understand and that they're two different things so, too. But ge- generally speaking, uh, if you're judging an FNM, you know it's you have the option of playing, right? So I mean, I I, I, I got to think that most. Uh, I guess maybe like uh, I got to think that probably most people, true. That's probably true. Yeah. I, I got to think that most most level one, you know, most jit people that that judge an F and M are doing one of two things: either they're playing in that F and M, or they're working the register because they're a store employee, or maybe they're in the back playing D and D or something like that. I don't really expect them to be like walking around actual floor judging at a twenty person F and M. I mean, I understand that there's people that probably do that, but I don't. I don't think it's you know that should be the 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 level of expectation. So, you know, and I don't expect you to wear, be wearing your, your judge uniform while you're in the back playing Hearthstone or D&D or whatever, or, you know, the casual EDH game. So, uh, yeah, so the, the judge, the, the judge, uh, uniform recommendations are, you said it's, it's on the blogs page under official documents. Uh, if you go to, uh, magicjudges.org. It doesn't matter what part of magicjudges.org. You can go to, to official at the top in the menu. Uh, you can click on resources. Uh, or actually, you can just click on documents. Uh, and from there, uh, no, it's not on that page. So <laughs> you have to go to uh, resources, documents, or any of those. And then there's another menu under the big banner that says official resources. And there you have to go to hover over documents. And then you can find the judge uniforms guidelines. Really? Uh, Brian, it's okay. not actually on the rules of documents page. All right. Uh, I'm writing that down and we'll fix that within hopefully before, <laughs> hopefully before this podcast goes up. Here we are fixing real yes. problems within the judge fixing, program. Fixing things real time. All right, so do we want to go back to why I have a a, a phone? Brian, yes. Brian, yes. do you, on important documents, list your home phone or your cell phone ah, as your as your phone number? It depends on if I actually want the person to call me. Um, if I give my cell phone number to people I actually want to hear from, and I give my home phone number to people I don't. Then why do you keep the home phone? Because I also have Lauren in the house, and 911 is a thing, and she didn't always have a cell phone. But she has one now? She does, and <laughs> I really don't want to, I don't really want to go through the hassle of figuring out where I've given my my home phone to. So, oh, to have to, to switch it over? Right. Ah, uh, all right. You've you've foiled me. My my logic has has nowhere else to go because there's nothing in this life I understand more than not wanting to have to go ch- update your contact information. Right. And now, and it's it's yeah. it's set up like I've got it, I've got it. I use like Vonage. It's like nineteen dollars a month. I forward it to my cell phone, so if someone calls. But the the big concern the big concern I had for a while was just having a permanent address registered with 911. And when you got a kid, you kind of think a little, you know, you think about emergencies a little bit differently than right. when you're an adult. So that's that's why I have a landline. Jess, what were you going to say? Uh was really I was just going to say I'm pretty sure it's a holdover from when he had dial-up internet. Wow. Uh, 
that uh, that's that's only recently changed, which is why this is the first time we've ever heard it ring I, on the show. I, he didn't have uh, one of those things set up to let it ring when you're on the dial-up. Yes. Can you please make maybe like the end of the intro sound effect? Uh, can you make like that old dial-up modem sound? Ooh. <laughs> and just like and just like they're not gonna understand why or what that is until like forty minutes into the podcast, and they're gonna be like, oh. <laughs> so no, I'm a whole house. You know, this is this is this house has always been on internet. My previous house, I, I had, I had it's dial- been on internet. I had dial-up. <laughs> this house is on the internet. This house is on the internet. Well, I <laughs> I grew up in a time where my my house was shifting from dial-up to not dial-up, and. My stepdad, like, didn't know that I knew how to, like, reconnect the appropriate wires to, like, connect to my computer. So he'd be like, okay, no internet after nine o'clock. And then, like, disconnect my internet. And then they'd go to bed and I'd go reconnect my internet. So so let's... Let's talk about the the grief when there was dial-up. When someone would call the house... Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, you would get to, or or your mom would pick up the phone for some reason. <laughs> yep, yep. Or or call, you didn't turn the call waiting off. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember playing Warcraft with people, not World of Warcraft, <laughs> right. Warcraft, and not Warcraft, Warcraft two, two or three. Oh, two? Oh, that was no, 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 not one. Warcraft two. Warcraft oh. Oh. with Ooh. With, Ooh. with where there was no such thing as BattleNet. It didn't exist. The only well, way you could I, play. Sorry. Was to have your computer call somebody else's computer yes. so that the two of you could play. Oh. <laughs> yes. All right. So, like, my, right. my one friend and I would just play a ton of Warcraft <laughs> with each one other. Friend. My one friend. Well, my one friend who had Warcraft. Your I had one two Warcraft friends. friend. Uh, you you uh, have to you have to both have a friend. <laughs> they have to have Warcraft, and they have yeah. to have AOL. Did you know, or did you know the original the original version of Starcraft? had a spawn mode, okay? And what that means is uh, that the disc that I had, I could install a special version of StarCraft that would only play multiplayer with me on their computer. I I would like to say... Wait, what? uh, Yes, I I did, because StarCraft came out my senior year of college, my fourth year of college, and I almost failed out my fourth and final year because of StarCraft. I played that game so much. I was like twenty with carpal yeah. tunnel. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I so StarCraft. So much. So, so broken. You could install like if I owned StarCraft, I could go to your house and take my disc and install a standalone version of StarCraft that didn't require the disc on your computer. But the only thing that game could do was play a multiplayer with me. Oh. That's delightful. Right? So you could play for free as long as you were only playing for, with me. This was their idea for like, well, how do we get people to demo this multiplayer function? Uh, this, I mean, that, that's how you make friends with nerds. <laughs> right. right. I can like, spawn StarCraft if I, on your if computer. I, and of course spawn because StarCraft in the yeah. server, didn't, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, man, I played so much StarCraft. I I, uh, I recently bought the, uh, the, the remastered StarCraft and played a bunch of that. Yes. Uh, so Brian, if you Same. have any need for nostalgia and want to play <laughs> some StarCraft with me, uh, I will oh. wreck you. Ooh. Oh. Who do we think has more APMs? Uh, 
I will probably say Jess is just as much more competitive than I am. So <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling that Jess has, has honed some skills that I have just not honed. <laughs> Maybe. I tend to also get really cute and do things like, oh, man, I'm going to master this terrible strategy where I build photon cannons next to your base. Like, I have yeah. fun with it. Yeah, uh, I, I just... Yeah, my my strat my strategy of playing is just kind of is is much more leisure. I don't I don't get into like the competitive stuff, uh-huh. and I have a feeling I have a feeling that like four minutes in, I'd have like twelve zerglings rush my base and kill all my SCVs, and I'd just be screwed. No, I I'd be three and a half minutes. Where you shorten me this half hour, Brian, no, no, no. or half no, no, no. thirty seconds? You don't you don't understand. See, I mean that's one you can win quickly like that, but you know what's way more fun than winning quickly. Oh, Jess. Oh, <laughs> sending 12 battle cruisers over. So, so if you're playing, so you know there's a population limit in StarCraft. And you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, what I mean yeah. is that you can only make so many units. And, uh, before, if, if, every unit has a certain number of population points. And the total number of population points you can have is 200. Okay. That's it. You can't go higher than that. If you try, it doesn't let you. Uh, however, if you are playing the Protoss oh, in Brood War, I and you have doing. a Dark Archon, which can mind control units, and you mind control one of the worker units of one of the other races, and yeah. then somehow have it survive and build a command like, center, command center or, or hatchery, or, or hatchery yes. uh, then, then uh, you can start building the other race, which gives you a second population limit for that race. Oh my goodness. Uh, so it is yep. it is possible to have just the capacity for twice as many units as your opponent if they didn't defend their base properly. Now, that's like incredibly uncommon to make work in multiplayer, but yes. surprisingly easy if there's a computer player in your multiplayer game. This this is this is living the dream. How this is magical, <laughs> magical Christmas land! It is. It is magical Christmas land. It's like, yeah. I'm uh, going to confess. I have never ever played a game of Starcraft. Uh, it's, uh, it's not everybody's cup of tea. You know, it's uh, real time strategy is like in all in all honesty. Like I played a lot of Warcraft three. Oh really? Yeah. Um. Well, maybe I, you would like maybe you'd like the original <laughs> Starcraft. Maybe. I it's it's very similar to Warcraft two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I it's don't remember Starcraft Warcraft three. Uh, Warcraft three took some new directions. It had heroes. Yeah. Right? Uh, I I think it's a lot. I feel like it's along the same lines as like Final Fantasy VIII, uh, where it's uh, a valiant effort to go and down a new path. <laughs> uh, and that's very I, polite, I, Jess. I I applaud. The, I actually really liked Final Fantasy VIII. Uh, a lot of people hated it. Uh, I think it's fine. Final Fantasy VIII uh, had. I didn't like the money system, um, but otherwise it was great. You, you, uh, they, I what? I I had I had a problem with the magic system. Tell me, tell me why you didn't like about the money. The money well, so I, like I did magic. like the fact that I didn't get random money from like jellyfish wolves or whatever you were fighting. But, uh, what, what Simic, right? Yeah. Uh, Simic combined in Final Fantasy. Like, so that was fine. But what I didn't like was, uh, they had this system where you took tests, uh, 
in, in order to increase your rank, and when your rank was higher, you got more money, which meant if you didn't ever take the tests, you never had as much money as you should at that point in the game. And if you knew a lot about the lore uh, of the game or knew a lot about what was going on in the game, uh, the tests were something that was relatively easy, and you could spam them. So uh, you could get too much money too fast, and it was in <laughs> no way related to your combat ability. Um now the combat system, uh, I what I did like about the GF Junction system was uh, uh, that it was really easy to port from one character to another when you switch characters in the party. Oh yeah, I do. Rem- I think I remember that where you could like jump in and jump out. Yeah, you could just well, you could just be like, oh, they give me a different character, and you could just port all of the stuff that you had on this character over to this other character because it was like materia from Final Fantasy VII on steroids. Just yeah. like everything <laughs> is assigned to this character. Now we're going to assign it over we're here. Just move everything. Yeah. yeah, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's how it's how it worked. Uh, the limitation there, of course, is that you could only use fire magic, for example, if you had a fire element guardian source attached or guardian force attached to that person which people hated i I didn't i didn't like the fact that you got spells by drawing them out of your opponents or the monsters you were attacking Uh because i had this because you you capped out at like 99 or 199 or something like that yeah and and i it it hit it hit my ocd where I when I'd have to fight something like I'd just sit there and grind creatures until I got up to ninety nine, and then I wouldn't want to use the spell <laughs> because, because then I'd be like ninety eight, ninety seven, and I'd have to go back and find the whatever creature to get back up to ninety nine. Like it, it just <laughs> it, it, it it it's like it, it it like uncovered some sort of flaw in my brain that I didn't even know existed. It was just. I, I got real, real <laughs> uncomfortable when I had less than a hundred of these. Have, oh, go ahead. No, no, no. That was in. Have you have you ever played Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite? Uh, I have played the first Bioshock. I did not finish the game. Jess, same. No, I played um, the second one. I played uh, Bioshock Infinite and didn't finish the game. Uh, well, in in both of those games. Um, you have like a starting weapon. So in Bioshock, you have like the wrench, I think. Uh-huh. And then in the in Bioshock Infinite, you have the skyhook. Um, and they are, you can use them as much as you want. They're your punch button. Um, mm-hmm. One of my favorite people on the entire planet uh, played this game. Um, he has the same problem where he didn't want to use the, yep. the, the, the resources. So he punched everything? So he punched everything. That's and how he, I played the game too. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it, it was, so you sneak, yeah. you sneak up behind everything and punch everything. And my friend, I had a friend who was watching me and get, and they were getting so frustrated because they're like, it's not a stealth game, Jess. It's not a stealth game. But I was treating it like it was. I was hiding from everything, sneaking up on people, punching them. Uh, and like, I only ever used the sky hook because I didn't want to run out of the other stuff. I didn't know how common it was. <laughs> one of, yeah, right. no, one of, one of the, um, the, Bioshock Infinite expansions, one of the Burial at Sea expansions, is actually a stealth game. So maybe give it a shot. Oh, maybe you play as you play as Elizabeth, and you'd have to like lure stuff around, and mm-hmm. you can't you can't actually kill things. Um, but when he when he finished the game, like me and another one of our friends were like, "So, how would you think?" Because we'd already played it, and we thought it was great. And he's like, "Yeah, I, I don't know. I just." 
I didn't agree with some of the design decisions. And <laughs> my other friend was like, you know, that's like going to a restaurant, eating only the bread, and being like, <laughs> yeah, it's <was> fine. <laughs> 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 um do you guys do you guys have you guys played any of the kingdom hearts games i have yeah, I not uh, i played the first one and i started to play the second one i've been uh, i've been watching my it. my roommates play the new one they're super fun i i wish i could get back into them they are they are i i they're great except i i i hate gummy ships <laughs> really i, I love gummy ships those those i just i need them to die in a fire is just like the the interface to build the gummy ship is too clunky like i want to build a different gummy ship okay but then it you know i just i have to manipulate this 3d grid to hook these blocks together i don't care you know and it's just it's just and then and then you get like you get like 50,000 of these these blocks that you know they're mm-hmm. they're useless and you only get like one or two of the good ones and you don't know where you yeah man See, see, that's one way we we are different. When I played Kingdom Hearts, I would spend hours tweaking gummy ships. That seems very like like, just go in and be like, oh man, maybe this piece, you know, Uh, because not only did I have to put everything together, but I had to look right. So it was it was both the form and the function. Yeah. (laughs) See, see, and I can appreciate that some people have fun with that. For me, it's just the thing. Just make that something I don't have to interact with. It just it just gets in the way of the rest of the game. Right. What I what I want to do is I want to summon uh, the giant pirate ship made of Christmas lights, or I want to you know spin around on a carousel or get Simba to come and maul somebody, you know, uh, or you know whatever kill whatever <laughs> member of the real organization thirteen is is harshing my mellow at that exact moment. <laughs> Um. <laughs> I cannot say. Yeah, I ha- I have not uh, played any of these games, but I did. Um, one of my roommates took the day off of work to like play it when it came out, and then the other one of my roommates was playing it like a day behind her. So I got to watch two separate people playing through like a, a fair chunk of the game in different moments, and it was interesting to see how they reacted differently to like the same things. Yeah. It was cute. I don't want to spoil the game for anyone. Um, but the game is really beautiful and seems fun. Um, even though I don't understand the plot or what's really going on. I, I heard someone describe it as, as it's more of an interpretive art piece <laughs> than it is an actual cohesive story. That sounds right. Right. There there is absolutely no uh rhyme or reason behind it, and if someone tells you they understand the plot, they're lying. I watched a video that was like, Oh, I'm gonna explain the plot of Kingdom Hearts and it's gonna be super easy and it's it's a it's a it's a comedy video, obviously, and he's going through the whole thing and you watch as this man descends into madness as he's like, this is really simple. Oh, and then this thing happens. Oh, and then this thing happens. And we're just going to move on from that and not talk about that. Was it, was it called a good enough explanation of Kingdom Hearts? Uh, no, um, it is part of a series on YouTube called Unraveled. Um, 
um, which is on Polygon, which is a man who does like a man by the name of Brian David Gilbert, uh, who goes into like deep dives into very specific lore pieces from different video games. Like one of them is I read every book in Skyrim, so you don't have to. Um, I've seen that. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, like he, he, I, here's the scientifically calculated game of the year. And it's, it's, it's very cute. It's a good series. If you like niche video game humor, I absolutely recommend it. My problem with Skyrim books wasn't that there were so many of them. It was that they repeated so often that, like, you stop caring after a while because, you know, how many times can you find a copy of The Lusty Argonian before you're like, I'm done looking now? <laughs> he did address the, the Lusty Argonian maid in his, uh, in, <laughs> in the video. Um... What yeah. the the problem with this episode that we're recording is that it's great fun, but there's not really an endpoint. No logical endpoint for no. any of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I think I mean we've just, we've discussed something of value. Uh, we <laughs> argued about it uh, a little bit. Yeah. And uh, uh, which is good, you know, because as much as the judge program is important, we you know it's okay to be critical of stuff, but. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we also just ch- chill out and had some fun, and that, that's good. Uh, so, yeah. do we have anything else that we're like dying to talk about? Mm, not that I can think of. I'm I'm glad we we got through a nice mix of yeah. a, a meaningful thing that has been on people's minds, and also the garbage we intended to talk about. Yeah. So this is, we've actually talked about doing a you know, Patreon where we include like pre-show and post-show banter. And a lot of this episode has Just been, that. Yeah. been with us this whole time. It's been pre-show, post-show banter. So if this is something that, that we get positive reactions uh, from, um, then that is something that we could consider doing in the future, like legitimately. But if we get feedback where it's like, Oh, for the love of God, this episode is <laughs> Just awful. never do this again. Nobody, nobody, nobody cares about that you played yeah. Warcraft two, but not Warcraft one. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, it's gonna be you know. it's gonna be a a mixed bag, right? When we had the episode with a ton of Starcraft in jokes, there was a crowd of people that liked it and a crowd of people that didn't. So if we can split that off into two things, where some people can get it if they want it, and people don't have to hear it if they don't, I think that'd be perfect. I would argue that the people that didn't like the Starcraft references were objectively wrong. I would argue that that's not how objectivity works. And that is an objective <laughs> I, I, fact. That's that's the joke. It's like, uh, well, let us know what you think of our StarCraft and other jokes. All right. Well, if uh, if you've gotten this far with us, I want to thank you for listening. If this is your first episode of JudgeCast, I am sorry. Uh, we do have more <laughs> useful content in other episodes. Uh, you can find those episodes at judgecast.com, uh, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, you'll find a whole Learn to Judge section uh, at our website where you can see all kinds of stuff that uh, – well, listen to all kinds of stuff that will help you become a judge. Um, all that being said, you can also contact us, judgecastgmail.com, uh, or you can uh, tweet at us at JudgeCast or find us on Facebook. So please send us a shout out. Let us know what you think. Um, 
And I'll just say that my name is Jess Dunks, and I keep it fair. I'm Brogan King, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Perlman, and I keep an 80s-style rotary phone in my house. Do you actually? No, because I have Vonage. And, uh, oh. But, but I, I I mean, I actually probably do have it, because those things are tanks. <laughs> Just <laughs> like, somewhere? Well, yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't have... Well, I guess nowadays, a lot of people don't have actual...